We continue to mock the 2012 NBA Draft. I'm Tim Roy. We are down to the final pick that we're going to do this year, the final pick of the lottery. That's number 14, the Houston Rockets. And Craig Ackerman, voice of the Rockets, is here to help us with that. Let's run down your selections to the moment. Uh, starting off at number one, obviously, Anthony Davis of Kentucky goes to New Orleans. Thomas Robinson went to Charlotte, the forward from Kansas. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist of Kentucky, selected by the Washington Wizards. And then Cleveland took Harrison Barnes of North Carolina. Sacramento, Bradley Beal of Florida. Portland, Damian Lillard of Weber State, of course, the pride of Oakland High. And then uh, Tom Tolbert of KMBR took Jared Sullinger of Ohio State for the Warriors at seven. This was before some of the latest information came out on him. Dion Waiters of Syracuse goes to Toronto. Detroit took Andre Drummond of UConn. New Orleans took Austin Rivers, the guard from Duke. Portland selected Jeremy Lamb, the guard from Connecticut. And then Milwaukee with the 12th pick took Terrence Jones of Kentucky. Phoenix took the point guard Kendall Marshall. And now the Rockets are on the clock. And Craig, I guess you start with the the Rockets. uh, Just a real tough spot for Houston. The Warriors know all about this. About being just on the edge of the playoffs. It's a real tough position to be in the NBA. Yeah, third straight year where the Rockets are the best team to not uh, make the playoffs. Uh, they were oh so close last year, and, and you can make a strong argument that they probably should have been in with the exception of their late-season collapse where they went through that six-game losing streak. And the irony was is that before that six-game losing streak began, they were coming off an unbeaten 4-0 road trip, and they won on the road in Portland. They won at Chicago. Uh, they were riding high at that point. Uh, their playoff destiny was uh, in their own hands, and they just lost it at the end of the season. And here we are again, picking 14th for the third consecutive season. And I read a lot about the trade rumors. Uh, Samuel Dallenberg because of his contract situation. And also Kyle Lowry, which is kind of an interesting little uh, rumor out there because Goran Dragic played so well after the unfortunate sickness that sidelined Lowry. Really not his fault, but Dragic came in and played real well. So it gives them you know, at least the opportunity of exploring a deal, uh, do you think they'll be active in this offseason? Well, the, uh, the Rockets are always active. They're, they're, in terms of discussions, I don't know if there's a more active team in the NBA than the Houston Rockets. The previous couple of years, again, drafting in the same position, they've tried like heck to uh, to move up into the draft. Last year, their target was uh, Valanciunas, the center uh, that uh, Toronto eventually uh, drafted, and many say that this year would probably be the number two overall pick. Uh, but again, they're going to try to desperately move up in the draft, whether that means they want to move up. Like, they're picking 14 and 16, and we're assuming for this discussion that there aren't going to be any trades. I can guarantee you the Rockets aren't going to come out of this draft with two players. Um, they will try to move, they will, again, they will try like heck to move up, and whether that means they're moving up to, to, to get a player that they want to keep or they're moving up to uh, get uh, an additional higher lottery pick to then turn and trade for somebody else. I guess that remains to be seen. My guess is that, that they're still very much in the chase of Dwight Howard in terms of trying to prime away from Orlando, but this team is as active as they get in the NBA. It's easier said than done, but they're definitely trying to move up. A couple of nice surprises. Well, not surprises, but a couple of nice additions for the ball club. Uh, in the last year, so Chandler Parsons and and Patrick Patterson, those are good uh, good good role players. Yeah, you know Patrick Patterson had a pretty after after you know most guys selected where he is fourteenth. Uh, um, you know those guys they're not exactly people that are going to set the world on fire right away in the NBA. Spent some time down in the D League, came back in the latter half of his rookie season uh, was fantastic. Was absolutely fantastic. Explosive. He's 
size. A lot of people say he's an undersized four. Not true. He's the same size as Al Horford, who plays center position for the Atlanta Hawks. He's not undersized. I had an outstanding finish to his rookie season. He goes into the offseason and reveals that for the last couple of years, going back to his days in Kentucky, he had been playing with bone spurs in his ankle. And obviously with the lockout, um, for whatever reason, and he has since said it was a mistake, but for whatever reason, he waited until August to have surgery. And he anticipated, even with having that surgery in August, that he was going to return uh, by the start of what would have, would have been normally, without the lockout, the start of training camp in October. Well, it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And then finally, when the NBA's lockout ended, he still wasn't ready physically to begin the season. So it took him a little while. And frankly, I think he digressed uh, this season. He, he wasn't aggressive. He wasn't in attack mode. He basically turned into a spot-up shooter. He has since had additional surgery uh, on that ankle, and he, he, he vows that he's going to be better uh, this year. Chandler Parsons, a guy who, by NBA standards, came out of nowhere, a second-round pick, four-year guy at Florida. Frankly, I had no idea who the guy was. Uh, he came in, had a bit of an injury at the start of training camp, so he wasn't basically part of the rotation to start the season. The Rockets began last year at 3-7, and seven, and they were horrific defensively, and so Kevin McHale decided to make a change. And part of those changes were Sam Dallenberg becoming the Rockets' starting center. He was a little bit out of, sh- out of shape coming in and moving the rookie Chandler Parsons as the starting three in place of Chase Buttinger. The team improved immensely defensively. Parsons had a great season, was always guarding the other team's best wing player and did as good of a job as you can expect on the likes of Durant and LeBron and Kobe, and uh, they're very high on him going forward. Daryl Morey has the reputation of being a sort of a sort of a money ball guy, I guess, if you will, uh, in the in the NBA. Do, do do the Rockets, as an organization, do they break it down and 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 look at things analytically like that? Oh, absolutely. I think they might be the the forefront to that uh, sort of um, trying to think of the word that the, the, the trend now uh, in the NBA when like he's a sit- almost like a sabermetric almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, when he was originally hired, our owner mentioned that he would change the league. Um, and I think in that regard, in terms of bringing that money ball approach that, that, that sort of began uh, with Billy being there in Oakland with the A's um, to, to the NBA, um, yeah, they do extensive research. Uh, a lot of it, frankly, is top secret. They don't let it, and they, 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 uh, they might have a trademark. I mean, they have a lot of proprietary information. That they don't let anybody know, but they have a they have an army. We joke about his the, the people that work for him down in the dungeon at Toyota Center that work twenty four seven breaking things down. So they definitely use the, that that analytical approach um, to to in terms of uh, talent evaluation to give coaches scouting reports. But they also do rely upon um, you know the old basketball uh, real uh, scouting, um, if you will, and some of the old school approach. So they kind of try to do a blend of things, but yes, they are very heavy in the analytics, and they have an, an army of people that work breaking things down, literally 24-7, 365. You know, it's funny, it, it, the longer I stay in this business, I, I think there is room for it in the NBA in, in a lot of ways, because you know we looked at, we had a player named Epe Udo who would not, his numbers were very pedestrian scoring, his rebounding was sort of... Uh, Sort of on the edge, but he was all the team was always better when he was on the floor. His plus minus was always outstanding, and so I think there's there's room for it, even to the point where 
you know, where, where do guys get their points? Now, most NBA play, teams will scout and say, hey, he likes to come off this, you know, screen and shoot here. But, you know, when you break it down, look where guys score, it's really interesting. I, I think it's a, it's a nice trend for the league. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think it is, too. I mean, I don't think there's any substitute for actually, you know, um, again, going, you know, old, old school scouting. And, then again, the Rockets, they do all that stuff as well. They scout extensively um, in, in person and so on and so forth. But to, to, to sort of have um, maybe an unbiased approach to breaking people down where usually, you know, when, when, when humans are involved in evaluating other humans, um, naturally some biases and tendencies and emotions uh, come into play. And I think some of the, that analytics takes some of the emotion out of it, which I think ultimately it's, it's, it's not all that they do, but it's a piece of what they do to help in terms of trying to make them to try to make their best decisions in terms of whether or not they want to draft somebody or how they can best prepare players and coaches for, for games and so forth. So, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, they're, they're big in that, and uh, they leave no stone unturned. So if the Rockets look at the uh, draft board on Thursday and they, they mm-hmm. see this draft evolving the way our mock draft has evolved, uh, what happens here for Houston? I'm 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 surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that four guys that 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 at least two of which I've kind of anticipated would not be there when the Rockets were selecting 14, as in uh, Tyler Zeller and Myers Leonard. I'm shocked that they're both on the board. Um, I do like Terrence Ross a lot. The Rockets are picking 14 and 16 again. I, I'll almost bet the farm that they're not coming out of this draft. They might draft two people at 14 and 16. And they, where they're going to call themselves Houston Rockets for the night or maybe for the week. But I, I would bet the farm that they're not coming out of this draft with, with two people, let alone one guy. They're really trying to, to, to trade. But if we're saying they're going to stick at 14 and 16, if I, it's, I'll backtrack. At 16, if Terrence Ross is still there after they pick at 14, I really like him. He's long. He's athletic. The Rockets need three things. They need a franchise player, obviously. They need to get bigger, and they need to get more athletic. And Terrence Ross, I think, um, covers those categories at 16. But they also need a big. Um, currently, Sam D'Alembert is under-contracted, but, he, but he's got a very trade-friendly deal where uh, he only has a million and a half guaranteed on a contract that pays him less than $7 million for next season. Um, if that option is not picked up by the middle of July, sometime in the, in, in the NBA moratorium, if they decide to deal him, so... A team could acquire Sam D'Alembert and immediately waive him, and the Rockets could throw in cash. And basically, it would just be sort of a salary dump for a team if they're looking to shed salary. But he's currently under contract. They do like Marcus Canby, who lives in the Houston area. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. My guess is that if he wants to be here, they'll work something out and he'll be here. So I'll go under the premise that the Rockets need to get they they're stocked at the four in terms of bodies and at the three. The point guard situation will work itself out with Lowry and Dragic. I say they're selecting, if they're going to go Ross at 16, and I think he's going to be there, with Zeller and Leonard both on the board, if it were me, I'm going to go with Myers Leonard. I think Tyler Zeller um, has, uh, he's, he's more polished at this point. Um, I think he's going to be a solid NBA player uh, for years to come. But I think Leonard, with his blend of size and athleticism and potential, is something that the Rockets at 14 it would still be a bit of a roll of the dice as opposed to picking a safer guy like Zeller who might might more or less be a Daryl Morey selection. But to me, I think they need to gamble. If they're sticking there and Leonard's on the board, and I would go with him. 
So Leonard, who's had a a, a real uh, interesting but obviously sad off court uh, background story with with the uh, his mom not being very healthy, and of course his, his brothers fighting in Afghanistan, and the, his dad not being with him. So uh, he goes to the Rockets, a, a big guy with with potential and a hook shot. Craig Ackerman, thank you so much for helping us mock the 2012 NBA draft. No problem, guys. I appreciate it. Enjoy your summer. So there it is, our 2012 NBA mock draft. Once again, let's run it down for you, 1 through 14, through the lottery. Anthony Davis of Kentucky goes to New Orleans. Thomas Robinson of Kansas goes to Charlotte. The Washington Wizards select Michael Kidd Gilchrist of Kentucky. Cleveland tabs Harrison Barnes of North Carolina. The Sacramento Kings pick five, and they took Bradley Beal, the guard from Florida. Portland took number six, and Oakland's own Damian Lillard of Weber State going to the Trailblazers. Now with the Warriors pick at number seven, Tom Tolbert took Jared Sullinger of Ohio State. This was before uh, some of the back information about Sullinger was made uh, privy to the public. And so right now it looks like Sullinger will probably drop out of the lottery. In fact, uh, we have heard uh, a rumor from ESPN's Andy Katz that he says that Sullinger has not been invited to the green room on Thursday. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. But either way, Tom Tolbert took Sullinger at number 7 for the Warriors. Now Toronto at number 8 took Dion Waiters, the guard from Syracuse. Andre Drummond of UConn went to Detroit at number 9. New Orleans back on the clock took Austin Rivers, the guard from Duke. Portland, with their second pick of the lottery, took Jeremy Lamb of UConn. Terrence Jones, a forward of Kentucky, went to the Bucks. Kendall Marshall, the guard from North Carolina, goes to Phoenix. And with the 14th pick of the draft in our 2012 NBA mock draft, the big seven-foot center, Myers Leonard, went to the Houston Rockets. Leonard, of course, playing in the Big Ten at Illinois. I'm Tim Roy. Thanks to everyone for helping out in our 2012 NBA mock draft. Hope you enjoyed it. Our thanks to our producer, R.C. Davis. I'm Tim Roy. Remember, for all your draft coverage and to listen to the plethora of interviews that we have here, both with players, coaches, scouts, and draft experts, keep it right here at Warriors.com.